Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to this Billy Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up. So we made it our name. And we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic podcast, on Thanksgiving, sleeping in, getting hurt playing in the yearly Turkey Bowl, and eating until you pass out is every American's God-given right. Oh, and watching football all day. Thanks, Abe Lincoln. You're Behind the Mic with Michael Neal Jr. All right, NFL historians, this show actually is for you, uh, but it's not for you know-it-alls. Please forgive me, historians. I love y'all. I really do. No one said anything to me, but I just don't feel right saying it anymore. The show is for you, but it's not for the know-it-alls. It's for those who don't know as much about NFL history. So, yes, we are here to enlighten and help out. But please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm always here to learn. It is the Behind the Mic podcast presented by Billy of Sports. Belly Up Sports Podcast Network is where you find this show as well as on bellyupsports.com. Check us out. Check all of our shows out on the bellyupsports.com website. You can catch these shows and others, this one especially, on Spreaker. That's our 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 main platform. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast, also on YouTube. So I'm not going to be before you very long it's been a very long day and if my voice is a little scratchy well i've been in my final service thanksgiving service uh at my church greater christ temple yes i go to church uh i love the lord uh if you you know feel differently i mean that's fine but uh i I had to sing so if i'm a little scratchy that's why um it's tuesday it's 10 30 at night but we're going to do this. I do this for you and because I love it. So, all right. We're really starting to see where teams really are in the league, right? As well as all over. I mean, it's the halfway point. We're over the halfway point of the NFL season. So, as week 11 wrapped on last night, here we go with the rundown. All right. I felt like the Falcons quarterbacks were like over on last Thursday. They were passing out gifts to the New England Patriots defense. You get a pick, and you get a pick, and you get a pick. Yeah. <laughs> the Patriots, they pitched a shutout against the Falcons in Atlanta. And I kind of feel bad for quarterback Matt Ryan. Um, but the guy, every time you watch him on primetime on television, I mean, he's a good quarterback, but every time you watch him, he's always screwing up. He's always something bad happening to him. And it may not always be his fault, but some of those wounds are self inflicted too many times i'm seeing him do this over his career but now he's on five against the patriots i believe that includes the super bowl with that 25 to nothing loss last week in new england they were constantly in ryan's face four sacks he got knocked down with nine times oh josh rosen he was still in the league had no idea until that pick six he came in i'm like oh he is in the league i thought he was on a practice squad sitting at home waiting on someone to call him and 
looky looky here his second pass he throws a pick six and then felipe franks comes in he throws an interception on his first pass wow was all i could say that game was interesting at the end <laughs> the last what five minutes the tennessee titans had their sixth game winning streak snap in some pretty bad weather of course they lost to the houston texans of course they did i mean they're a bad team the titans lose to the jets and they lose to the texans you know go figure <laughs> you know Mike Vrabel, he looked really sad standing there in the rain. And Titans fans, I know you don't really want to hear this, but it is what it is. That's what sports is. It, it could be like that. It doesn't make any sense. Sports doesn't make sense all the time. In the words of my good buddy, uh, they don't follow the script. <laughs> you beat the Chiefs and the Bills and all these other teams, but you lose to the Jets and the Texans. All right. Um, but it also doesn't help when you lose all your top skill players. Julio has been hurt most of the season. You lost Derrick Henry indefinitely, and now A.J. Brown, he goes down hurt during that game. And truth be told, they were really due. They won six in a row, but look, also the Titans, they just may be in some kind of trouble. We'll see. We'll see. Speaking of the Bills, looks like y'all only beat bad teams at this point. Former Buffalo quarterback, now Colts head coach Frank Reich, he brought the best running back in football and put a whooping on y'all. Jonathan Taylor, dude scores five touchdowns. And this team, you know, we know they clearly should have a better record than it is right now, but they're over 500. And that's just how the season goes. You got to work out the kinks in the beginning. And we're really starting to look, like I just said at the beginning, what you really were going to be going forward as long as you stay healthy. So stay healthy. Titans, y'all better get healthy. Beware. Shout out to one of our Bill Up Sports show hosts and Chicago sports fan, Mikey Betts. I do believe Matt Nagy did go directly to a bar after the game. I wonder if he survives the season. Of course, there was rumors tossed around that this Thursday night, uh, Thursday game, first game uh, against the Lions, it looks like that may be his last game. He said there's no truth to that. We'll see. We will see. I had very little doubt that the Bears were going to win in the fourth quarter on Sunday, but Devontae Freeman haven't. Bears lose, Ravens win, even without Lamar Jackson, who was sick. May have even been on the toilet. I'm just playing. Baker Mayfield, he's a tough dude. And if you don't believe him, just ask his wife. She put on Twitter, no one better say anything about uh, bad about Baker Mayfield after this game. I don't think I have seen toughness like this in a while. Maybe the rest of our team should take the hint and be tougher. Hmm. I absolutely love those at home with Baker Mayfield commercials with him and his wife. Um, I, and I saw a tweet by Mike Golick Jr. that said she's so much nicer in the commercials. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to say? They eked out an ugly win against the Lions, you know, 13 to 10. Hmm. Uh, proud of you, Kirk Cousins. Moving on. Proud of you, Kirk Cousins. The Vikings beat the Packers at home. And the only thing close to an excuse is Aaron Rodgers' hurt toe. That's all. It's supposed to be worse than turf toe, right? Which he threw for 385 yards and four touchdowns on that toe. And I could have, uh, he, not I, he could have arguably won that game. Two in the Miami Dolphins, they won the third game in a row, and he got to show up post-game in some Christmas pajama pants. And they beat the Jets. Now, to another former Alabama quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who I did pick up on my fantasy team, and the Philadelphia Eagles, they ran for 242 yards against the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. They got their first win at home of the year. 
And the Saints, they've now lost three straight. Of course, they broke off Taysom Hill, 22 million guaranteed and 40 million for being a hybrid quarterback, running back, and gadget Swiss Army knife of a player. Okay, we'll see how that pans out. And also, we'll see what happens when they play the Bills on Thanksgiving. Who's going to win? Nobody knows. <laughs> Washington head coach Ron Rivera, who spent those first nine years of his head coaching career with the Panthers, spoiled his former 2015 MVP quarterback Cam Newton's first game back in Charlotte. Cam played pretty good, though. He played well, but Washington's defense just played better, and it was a good game. Um, tied at 27, I mean, tw tied at 21. Washington won the game, uh, came down to a fourth down. And Taylor Heineke, he doesn't really play like a backup quarterback. This dude plays more like a confident and competent NFL starter. Debo Samuel, I mean, my dude, he's going around snatching chains, taking people's bike. That's my bike, punk! And stealing money every week. He's taking somebody's stuff. This dude, I believe, leads the NFL in receiving, or at least he did at one point. He lines up at running back on Sunday, leads the 49ers in rushing. I'm just waiting on him to line up at quarterback or somewhere on defense. That's next. Oh, yeah, and the, the Jaguars, they're still bad. I'm not going to lie. I missed most of this game. Raiders uh, and the Bengals, the Raiders need to stop the bleeding. They are now 5-5. Five and five. And The Bengals, eh, they move on into the win column after losing two straight. And we got to see Joe Mixon with more terrible touchdown celebrations. I'm just kidding. Seattle Seahawks, they're not going to the playoffs. There, I said it. They're not going to the playoffs, okay? Your starting quarterback, he missed too many games. Uh, they can't run the football. Their defense is a steaming pile of you-know-what. Their uniforms still look good, though. I still love those home unis. Love them. Away ones, too. The Cardinals, on the other hand, they're going to Seattle without Kyler Murray again, without DeAndre Hopkins again, and the rest of the offense, they were pretty much still intact. Colt McCoy, he beats Seattle for the second time, I believe, in two years. Last year, he beat them as a member of the New York Giants. Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, let's talk about injuries. Sure, every team has injuries, but you have too many at one position or a unit and it's no longer an excuse is a reason for poor play excuses you can do something about reasons you can't help pittsburgh needs mika fitzpatrick more than my man watt they need him more than watt big ben in the offense they actually were pretty good on sunday night the Chargers were just better the steelers came all the way back and took that lead and then on defense because minka wasn't there they blew coverage. Hey, hey. That wide receiver, number 81, Mike Williams, he's pretty good. You probably don't want to leave him wide open next time. Cameron Sutton, good as you played, and ah, you blew it. Anyway, nothing looks makes you look more worse than prime time, even whether it's Sunday night and especially on Monday night. Monday night football. There are times when quarterback for the Giants, Daniel Jones, he can play really well. But mostly, he makes you shake your head. Oh, also, the Giants fired offensive coordinator Jason Garrett today. Classic. I almost forgot about that. Brady and the Bucks, they looked good last night. And for me, the story of the game wasn't even a game. Bruce Arians babysat for Tiki and Rondé Barber. The NFL is truly a small world. Pretty good stuff. Coming up next, as we head into week 12 and prepare to give thanks this 
coming in Thursday for family, food, and football. Let us also give thanks to Honest Abe. Without him, there may not have been football on Thursdays. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. So where did this tradition of families gathering on Thursdays to eat and chill out come from? All right, I get the pilgrim thing. I understand that, but it was number 16. Abraham Lincoln that basically proclaimed the last Thursday of November as a day to observe this gratitude with family. And what about the football part? College football actually started this, right? During football's infancy back, way back, that is, in 1876. Yale, Ivy League, beat Princeton, Ivy League, two to nothing in New York over the holiday break that year. And it basically just evolved from there, okay? While in the NFL, professional football started in 1920, right? As the American Professional Football Association, not yet the NFL. Fritz Pollard and those undefeated Akron pros, they beat Jim Thorpe and the Canton Bulldogs seven to nothing. This was the first official Thanksgiving game in pro football, but the tradition as we know it didn't officially start until 1934. There's a certain fan base that should know this very, very well. The Portsmouth Spartans. I, I never say that right. The Portsmouth, Portsmouth, Portsmouth. How do you say it? Portsmouth. The Portsmouth Spartans. We're going to go with Port, Portsmouth. The Portsmouth Spartans. Who were they? Okay, they were basically a professional franchise in Ohio that started in, what, 1928. And they got their players, semi-pro players, from a lot of different defunct teams between Ohio, Kentucky, and West Virginia. Eventually, they joined the NFL in 1930. They were the second smallest franchise, or you could just say market, and they were behind the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers, is the, they are the smallest market in the league. And because of that smallness, well, they ended up having to move. Well, before all of that, they actually enjoyed a little bit of success. They played in the official first playoff game, which was in 1932 against Chicago. Wrigley Field, it was outside. They decided we're not going to play in zero-degree temperatures. They moved it to Chicago Stadium, which was the first indoor football game in NFL history. That was the game. They lost nine to nothing. And there was a protest over a two-point uh, touchdown pass that shouldn't have been a touchdown pass from Red Grange. And like I said, they were too small of a market in spite of their success. So a radio executive by the name of George Richards bought the franchise and moved them from Ohio to Detroit, renaming them what? Yeah, the Lions. Her. Keeping in mind the popularity of baseball of the time, okay? That city was all Detroit Tigers. So he had to get his newly acquired franchise some shine. And it's like, oh, I got it. Yes, we're going to play the defending champion Chicago Bears on Thanksgiving Day. That'll work. I believe that'll work. Of course, the key to making this game 
a success was his New York City ties with his business where he secured 90 plus radio stations in order to broadcast that game nationwide. The Bears were undefeated at 11-0. His Lions were 10-1. Who wouldn't watch that? Seriously, who wouldn't watch that? That's a championship-level game. The Lions lost 19-16, and the game was played at the University of Detroit Stadium in front of more than 25,000 fans, which, according to America's Game, the book I love to read, was 11,000 more than the usual crowd. The game has become a traditional staple in Detroit every year, except, ever since, except from 1939 to 1944. Why? World War II. That kind of takes a little bit of a, of a front seat in football, take a back seat to a war, a world war. <laughs> but the Lions, they were a good team during that time, even uh, winning the NFL championship in 1935, the next year. So this happened in 1934, the first official Thanksgiving game you know, for the Detroit Lions. Um, and then that season, that included a Turkey Day win against the Bears. So keep in mind, by the 1950s to the 1960s, the NFL surpassed college football in popularity. The Detroit Lions' success continued as well. They also won championships. They were good back then. They were champions in 1952, 53 and 57. They was playing teams like the Cleveland Browns, who were the champs of the day. I'm guessing that will help in the popularity as far as when you play on Thanksgiving. Remembering also that it also helped the popularity of the NFL. What was it? Television. In 1953, the Dumont Television Network, we talked about them in the in the past. They became the first to televise the Thanksgiving Day games. CBS would take over in 56, and in 1965, the first color television broadcast of a Thanksgiving game was between who? The Lions and the Baltimore Colts. Then came 1966. This is where the Dallas Cowboys got in on the Thanksgiving Day tradition. Dallas was dog food during their early years. From 60 to 65, this was their compiled record to date. 25 and 53. P-U. But GM Texram made the call from the start for, uh, for them to start playing on Thanksgiving. But they needed some shine as well. And they got it. November 24th, 1966. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Cleveland Browns. I mean, Paul Brown, I mean, he's, he's like a magnet for this stuff, right? Uh, <laughs> 26 to 14. And I believe... Paul Brown was actually gone by then, as a matter of fact. But the Cleveland Browns were a magnet. Let's call the Cleveland Browns a magnet. They defeated the Cleveland Browns 26-14 before a record crowd at the Cotton Bowl. Dallas finished that season 10-3-1, which started, and I've mentioned it several times before, that 20 consecutive winning seasons in a row. 20 years. And let's take a look, a quick look, at some of the best and worst moments on the NFL on Thanksgiving Day. Cowboys fans, you might want to close your ears. 
for some of it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I know this is Captain Obvious, but remember, people are off work on Thanksgiving for the most part, unless you work for Kroger's. Uh, you close early or Walmart or something like that. But they're off work and they're definitely watching television. And not only were the Lions and the Cowboys playing in front of record crowds at the time, but they were playing on television during a time when the league's popularity was growing. This is a holiday where all eyes are on these athletes. Just give you an example, the 1966 game we talked about, John, uh, Don Meredith, Bob Hayes, Bob Lilly, they were stars for the Cowboys, Hall of Famers, uh, uh, two of these guys, and then Leroy Kelly, Kelly Paul Warfield for the Browns. So you, you have several, you can think of all kinds of NFL stars that were in these games. And it boosted that popularity. Yes, I want to see these teams play. And it was more like championship-level games. Now, some of the games we see now, because in what, 19, uh, excuse me, 2006, they added a third game. Used to only be two. It went from one, and then there was two, and now we're up to three now. So, I mean, I appreciate that. Thank you. We get one uh, in, in, the, in the late morning. We get one in the afternoon, and we get one at night in prime time. That is a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Now, all right, let's get to a couple of moments before we wrap the show. Look, five years after the Akron Pros and the Canton uh, Bulldogs played in 1920, Red Grange made his professional debut in 1929. All right, they didn't score any points <laughs> from what I read. He played against the Chicago Cardinals. He played with the Bears. Chicago Cardinals at Cubs Park. November 26, uh, 22nd, 1962, a very interesting year because a year later, JFK would be shot. There was the Thanksgiving Day Massacre. Detroit beat the Green Bay Packers 26-14. And that was a year that Green Bay, that was their only loss of the season, and Green Bay would go on to win the NFL championship. Bar Star got sacked 11 times. 11. That's a lot. I mean, these guys going down four and five times. I was just mentioning Matt Ryan. I mean, four sacks. Oh, my God. Four. No, this dude got sacked 11 times. Yeah. Go figure. So, I'm going to fast forward past this other one. I mean, you had some other nice games. I'm not going to delve too deep uh, on some of the other ones. I'm trying to stretch this out a little bit. But Thanksgiving 1993. Cowboy fans, you may want to fast forward this one because you know what's coming. Dolphins at Dallas. Texas Stadium. Stole covered field. 15 seconds left. Don Shula and the Dolphins are down by one. Miami kicker, Pete Stoyanovich. He had a 41-yard attempt that was blocked by Jimmy Jones. And all the Cowboys had to do was leave the ball alone. Nobody touch it. The ball is whistled dead. Ball game is over. Jerry Jones has both fists in the air. Michael Irvin and Troy Eggman on the sideline hugging one another. 
Cowboy fans are celebrating, but guess who couldn't help himself? Yeah. Now, go back earlier that season in January. Well, the previous year. Cowboys won the Super Bowl, right? Leon Lett. Leon Lett. My God. What? Oh, my Lord. How do you make two mistakes like that in on national primetime television? Of course, we know what he did. He scoops up a fumble, and he's trying to do the Michael Irvin holding the football out as he's getting ready to score a touchdown, and Don Beebe slaps the ball out of his hand. And, yeah, embarrassing. This one was worse. This was worse. All the Cowboy players are shooing him away, shooing everybody away, get away. But he slides in trying to recover the fumble, recover the block kick. He kicks the ball and tries to recover it, but he can't. Miami recovers the ball. They end up kicking a field goal with, what, three seconds left or something like that. And the Dolphins win 16-14. How do you screw up, screw up like that twice in one year? I don't know how. Uh, there's another one. And there was another 16-16 tie between the Steelers and the Lions that did not end well. 1998, Steelers are visiting the Lions. And I think it was referee, uh, referee Phil Luckett. He's still hitting the deny button. Keeping up that lie. He needed his hearing and his psych, his sight checked. Drone betters, it's the coin flip game. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The coin flip game. So the Lions and the Steelers are tied up at 16. And they're going into overtime. Of course, back then it was sudden death. First one scores, you win. Ball game, we go home. And the Steelers, they're the way team. They get to call it in the air. Betty says, tails. And then Lucky says, all right, the call is heads. And it's like, no, I said tails. You said heads. And I'm like, are you serious? And despite the protest, of course, the Lions, they're not going to say anything. <laughs> they're not going to argue. They give the ball to the Lions. The Lions end up going down and kicking the field goal. And they won that game. Pittsburgh came in 7-4 that year. Uh, that well, that week, they will not win another game. They finished seven and nine, five game losing streak, no playoffs, and then those on the same day. As a matter of fact, that was the day that Randy Moss torched the Dallas Cowboys, three catches, 163 yards, and three touchdowns. All right, I don't have to go too deep in there. Then there's the 2012 game, the butt fumble, yeah, the the that. Patriots beat down of the Jets 49-19. Mark Sanchez, the butt fumble. That happened on Thanksgiving as well. But this one, to me, was the most interesting one. 1974, the Dallas Cowboys are hosting the Washington football team. All due respect. And Roger Staubach, he gets knocked out of the game. They're down 16-3 to Washington. You figure, oh, it's in the bag. Guess not. Clint Longley, the backup, comes in, throws for a little over 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns and brings them all the way back, which included a 50-yard game-winning touchdown pass to Drew Pearson to win the game 24-23. to All right, fast forward to 1976. Longley basically punched Roger Staubach in the face. Why? Why? I had no idea I was doing some research and that caught my eye. So 
August 30th, 1976. This is the day that it happened. Now, this is all according to Mitch Larson of the LandryHat.com. So what ended up happening, there was several different stories apparently that were told. All we know is, is that Roger Staubach got sucker punched in the face the next day. What happened the previous day? Well, Longley, who is not going to be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys going forward. It wasn't going to happen. Staubach was the man. And then they had brought in Danny White. So maybe he was frustrated with that as well. Um, let's just say it like this. There was a play where a route, a disagreement with Drew Pearson on the way he ran his route. Roger steps in to defend his receiver and say, hey, look, you know, back up. Next day, he's hot. He punches Roger in the face and there was a fight. And this is all what he read as far as Larson was concerned in Cliff Harris and Charlie Waters' book called Tales from the Dallas Cowboys, a collection of the greatest stories ever told. I'm going to find that book. So what happened? Well, he wasn't going to be a Dallas Cowboy anymore. They traded him uh, and a first-round pick to the San Diego Chargers for their first and second-round choices in the upcoming 77, 1977 NFL Draft. So for the Chargers, Longley, who was the hero in 74 on Thanksgiving Day, right? He played just three games with San Diego. He won his only start, but he threw what? More interceptions than touchdowns, three to two. And after the 76 season, Longley never played another down in the league ever again. That was it. Well, as far as the Cowboys were concerned, they took those draft picks that they got from the Chargers and they packaged those up with two other second round picks. Made a trade with the Seattle Seahawks to move up to number two overall in the 77 draft. Who did they get? Eventual Hall of Famer, Tony Dorsett. And not only did Dorsett win Rookie of the Year, Dorsett uh, and those Cowboys ended up beating the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 12 to be exact, uh, later on that, that season in January of 78. And another backup quarterback, Craig Morton, who had led Dallas to Super Bowl five. They lost that game and you had the quarterback uh, battle the next season in 19, uh, what was it, 1971. And guess who won that battle? Roger Staubach. And he was never not the starter going forward the rest of his Hall of Fame career. Morton was, ended up getting traded to the Denver Broncos and losing to his old teammates. That was really interesting. I thought that was fun. That was really, really fun. So, references, let's get to them right now, right quick. Let's get them out of the way. ProFootballHallOfFame.com Thanksgiving Day History History.com Seven Unforgettable Thanksgiving Day NFL Games by Chris Mueller TeamHistory.com Portsmouth Spartans Team History Also TheLandryHat.com The aforementioned Mitch Larson The story titled Weird Stories in Dallas Cowboys History Stahlbach versus Longley and also the book, one of my faves, America's Game, the NFL at 100, co-written, co-authored by Jerry Rice and Randy O. Williams. This has been the Behind the Mic Podcast. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr. Presented by Billy of Sports, the Billy of Sports Podcast Network, billyofsports.com. 
again, check us out as well as other shows on Spreaker, our main platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, uh, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Tell your mom, your daddy, and all of your people about this show on Thanksgiving because everybody be in the same room. I'm out. Thank you.